Welcome to the e-learning and digital classroom podcast brought to you by iDigitalClassroom.com. Whether you are a learner, an instructor, or an online instruction designer, this is the podcast for you to get the latest in e-learning, digital classroom survival tips, remote technology, e-learning best practices, news, and interviews. I am Dr. Joy Alata. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. This episode is part of the series on the challenges of social engineering. I will discuss ransomware and how the attack occurs, including how ransomware can access a victim's computing system. Since the seventh day of May 2021, when the Colonial Pipeline Company ransom cyber attack was announced, anywhere you listen to in the news, all you hear is how technology could be used to improve cyber defense. So what is ransomware? Ransomware is a type of malware that creeps into a network, scans the network to identify attacks, and then uses encryption to seize all or some of the parts of the network. Therefore, this victim's information is held at a ransom after the attackers have seized the network. After encrypting the files, the attacker becomes the only one with the decrypting key. In a network that experiences a ransomware attack, the system owner will not be able to have access to the files, the database, or any other application on the system. The attacker then resumes operation by demanding ransom. Ransomware works by spreading across a network with the aim of paralyzing the network. In a ransomware attack, the attacker uses asymmetric encryption. Asymmetric encryption is a type of cryptography that uses a pair of keys to encrypt and decrypt a file. The pair of keys are a private and a public key, and the attacker uniquely generates both keys. The private key will be required to decrypt the files, and it may be impossible to decrypt the files without the private key. Imagine a situation where someone creeps into your home, changes the locks on the doors, and sends you a message to pay some ransom before you can get a key to unlock your home. Often, the attacker will contact the victim on how to pay a ransom to receive the private key with which to decrypt the files or seized assets. So how does an attacker gain access to a victim system or network? Emails are notable for phishing. In a phishing email, an attacker uses deceptive means to get a system user to click on links that contain malicious attachments or URLs. If the user clicks on the malicious link, the ransomware in the attachment will have the opportunity to infect the recipient's um, computer or any device the person is using. The ransomware will then execute and potentially spread itself across the entire IT infrastructure of the user. One reason why phishing emails are successful is that sometimes the email will appear to be legitimately sent by a trusted person. Sometimes the emails are actually from the email addresses of uh, trusted friends or family or the person's employer. Social media phishing is another method through which 
ransomware attacks can occur. Other areas where ransomware can creep into a victim system are by using exploit kits that download themselves into a user system when the user visits certain websites. While using a technological approach to improve cyber defense is essential to cyber security. Technology is not the only critical factor. The human side of the equation seems to be ignored or is not given any type of priority. In an interview with the United States Senate Committee, the CEO of Colonial Pipeline admitted that the cyber attack was conducted using a legacy virtual private network. The virtual private network, which you can call VPN, did not use multi-factor authentication security. Dr. Joy continues in a moment. Do you work or learn online? Does your career path require that you communicate and extract data from the web? Do you wonder how to improve web page designs, including web page layout and interactivity? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I recommend that you consider learning web development. Dr. Joy is giving away a free course on web development. Visit www.idigitalclassroom.com to claim your free offer. This offer is available for a limited time only. Make your claim now and don't forget to subscribe so that we can send you the latest podcasts. Dr. Joy continues in a moment. Do you work or learn online? Does your career path require that you communicate and extract data from the web? Do you wonder how to improve web page designs, including web page layout and interactivity? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I recommend that you consider learning web development. Dr. Joy is giving away a free course on web development. Visit www.idigitalclassroom.com to claim your free offer. This offer is available for a limited time only. Make your claim now and don't forget to subscribe so that we can send you the latest podcasts. In case you're wondering what a multi-factor authentication means, I'll give a brief explanation. Multi-factor authentication requires that the user of a system use a combination of factors to authenticate or confirm a right to access a system. In some systems, two types of authentications are required, while in some other systems, more than two types of authentication may be required. The most common type of authentication is the username and password. The user's name and password are just one factor. To make authentication to be multi-factor, a system will require the user to provide another form of identification. Think about sometimes when you went to sign up for an account and then after you have chosen a username and a password, the system will ask you to either enter your phone number or choose another form of security that they can authenticate. So that's what the multi-factor authentication does. For example, you may have experienced being asked to provide a phone number or to answer personal security questions, which can be used to confirm that you're the owner of the account. 
Other forms of authentication that are being used are fingerprints, facial recognition, voice, retina or iris scanning, or other biometric behavioral analysis. But the most common ones are the username, the password, and maybe they, they may, some accounts may ask you to enter another email address or a phone number. I want you to know that security questions like your mother's maiden name or your date of birth will not be a strong authentication factor. But it could work when it's used with something unique. The reason why I'm saying that is because some people already know your mother's maiden name before you were born. Also, your date of birth may not be a secret. Probably your colleagues or your former schoolmates or classmates already know your date of birth. So you can see it may not be a good secret to use as an authentication factor. Multifactor authentication is a core component of maintaining a strong identity and access management policy. And it has a likelihood to decrease the potential of a cyber attack. In the case of the Colonial Pipeline Company, multifactor authentication was not required by the system. So anyone that has access to any of the system password can have access to the Colonial Pipeline system. The Colonial Pipeline uses a legacy virtual private network, which is supposed to protect and encrypt connection over the internet from a device to a network. It's also supposed to ensure that sensitive data is safely transmitted. It's supposed to ensure that and prevent eavesdropping on the network traffic so that users can work remotely in a safe and secured manner. So you'll be wondering how how is it that the system was able to be compromised? E-learning and digital classroom podcast brought to you by iDigitalClassroom.com. Some of the challenges in cybersecurity definitely depends on technology, but some are not. For example, the problem with legacy VPNs is that they are not equipped for modern security threats and they tend to be more prone and vulnerable to cyber attacks. Some legacy VPNs do not enable activity logs, and I consider this a significant challenge because attackers can live in the compromised system unnoticed for a long time. In the case of Colonial Pipeline, Bloomberg News reported that hackers gained access to the system on April 29th, and the ransom note was sent on May 7. However, the ability of a VPN to collect logs is highly controversial because of the privacy implications. Some people consider the collection of event logs by a VPN provider as spying on the user. This may be a case of privacy versus security. So will you support trading some aspects of privacy to get more security? Do you think that the unusual activity could have been noticed if there were activity logs? I want to know your thoughts on that. Please share what you think with our community by visiting this episode's page at www.idigitalclassroom.com. On time detection is also vital 
to the successful investigation and forensic analysis of a cyber attack. If the unusual activity is detected the same day or the next day, the story may be different. In the case of the Colonial Pipeline, the attacker had access to the system from the 29th of April. So you can see that the attacker has been around for several days, scanning the system, looking for the type of important data that could make Colonial Pipeline to pay the ransom. It is not enough to assume that the IT staff should be vigilant to notice and report incidents when they happen. Everybody, every user of a system IT infrastructure have the same responsibility. The probability of cyber risk is doubling. Business solutions dedicated to automatic system monitoring and reporting is highly recommended because it may have been able to uh, notice that there are unusual activities in that system within seven days. The CEO of Colonial Pipeline also mentioned that the company did not have a ransomware prevention attack policy in place. It is a good security hygiene to have a ransomware attack prevention policy and also a ransomware attack recovery policy. In a cyber world, anything can happen at any time, especially when you have the human vulnerability to deal with. Bloomberg News also mentioned that the account used to compromise the colonial pipeline system was not in use at the time of the attack. If the account was not in use at the time of the attack, how was it able to access Colonial Pipeline's network? The meaning is that though the account was not in use, the account was not disabled. And since it was not disabled, the system could recognize it. And since the system uses single-factor authentication, all that is required to access the system is a username and a password. So if the system had, if the Colonial Pipeline system had a multi-factor authentication requirement, maybe the attempt could have been foiled. According to Bloomberg News, the hackers in the Colonial Pipeline also stole nearly 100 gigabytes of data and threatened to leak the data if the ransom was not paid. 100 gigabytes of data is a lot. The CEO of Colonial Pipeline confirmed that payment was made. According to third quarter Coveware report titled Unsettling Updates on Ransomware, there is no guarantee that if you pay the ransom that the hacker will delete stolen data or that they will not come after you again. So human factor is still the weakest link. Technology is very good and has been successful at protecting computing systems. But the human side of the challenge cannot have a strict solution like the things that technology can handle. Some of the human errors, such as being a victim of social engineering and abuse of privileged assets, is rarely discussed at length. And yet, that is an area that is most difficult to manage. The future of cybersecurity relies on acknowledging human weakness and ultimately adopting strategies 
to mitigate human links and the weakness in cyber defense chain. Organizations are more interconnected than ever. A single ransomware Trojan can flow like poison through an organization in the space of days or even hours. Yet, some employees never switch off their system either due to laziness or because they have not finished working with the browser windows they opened. I understand that it can be inconvenient to close browser windows that you still want to use. But you must also think about security. As long as your system is connected to the internet, an intruder may be able to use brute force to access your system. My suggestion is to copy out the URL links of the browsers you still want to use onto a text editor. With that, you can then close the windows and the browsers when you're going away from your system, especially when you're going to be away for some hours, like at the close of the day. When you're ready to use the system again, copy out the links from the text editor and continue from there. In this episode, I explain the meaning of ransomware, how the attack occurs, and how ransomware can access a victim's computing system. I also discussed how users of computing equipment and infrastructures are contributing to ransomware attacks. I'll continue with the discussion on how to mitigate ransomware attacks in the next episode. Do you consider using only technology to find ransomware attacks? Or will you consider that the human side of the equation should be addressed as well? Please share your views with us by visiting the page for this episode at www.idigitalclassroom.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate your support in keeping the podcast alive. If you need more information on what I discussed today or have something to share with our community, please go to the page for this episode at www.idigitalclassroom.com and leave your comments and suggestions. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and please rate and review the podcast. We depend on your feedback for improvement. Thank you and I'll see you next time. E-learning and digital classroom podcast brought to you by iDigitalClassroom.com. Whether you are a learner, an instructor, or an online instruction designer, this is the podcast for you to get the latest in e-learning, digital classroom survival tips, remote technology, e-learning best practices, news, and interviews.